2: All right, everybody, it is Friday, May 5th, 2023, and it's indeed a heck of a morning. We are live on the MMA Fighting Twitter Spaces. You can hear the show in its entirety shortly thereafter on the MMA Fighting Podcasting Network. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. It is Friday. We are on the eve of UFC 288. One championship is a big card coming up later on today. Or this evening we had the game bread bare knuckle card going down free on YouTube and on Facebook so there's lots of combat sports action for you to partake in this lovely weekend and we just had the UFC 288 weigh-ins it was pretty pretty good all the main faces made weight we did have a couple of blunders we had a fight removed Joseph Holmes missed weight, but he will fight. And the fight between Zalgus Zumagulov and Rafael Estevam, uh, no longer happening. Weight issues on Estevam's side. That fight will no longer be happening. So anyone who was betting on the flyweight under for that fight that was worried, that was concerned, you don't have to be concerned anymore because that fight is no longer happening. So as of right now, 12 fights. For UFC 288, Aljamain Sterling actually came in under the championship limit. Came in at 134. I I believe he was the second to last fighter on the scale. Bunch of members of Henry Cejudo's team were chanting "And New over and over again. Sterling had some not so kind things to say back to those individuals. You can check that out on our socials. You could probably check it out on YouTube as well. Henry Cejudo was the first on the scale, weighing 135. He looked good. Sterling looked pretty good. And the main event is on. So we could talk about the weigh-ins. We could talk about the card. We could talk about whatever you want because it is Friday. It is free-for-all Friday. I am just chock-full of energy. Had a hellacious workout this morning. I mean hellacious. Got my Dunkin' Donuts iced coffee right here, ready to go. And... Let's get after this thing. Let's hear what is on the minds of the peeps. Tristan, hello. Yeah, I'm in
3: work too. So I'm going to be uh, speaking a little bit low. Um, so I was yesterday or a couple of days ago. I'm on uh, you know because I read you know MMA fighting, MMA mania, and uh, bloody elbows. So I'm on MMA mania website, and I see Saïd 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 show up. what's going on? So then, all of a sudden, I look at the clip, and he fought this past week, And he goes out there and melts through 55 seconds. <laughs> then all of a sudden, an ang- my anger comes back. I'm like, oh, yeah, why is he not in the UFC? Why is he not in the UFC? And still, no explanation from the UFC yet. I mean, like, what is- like? listen, I-, I, understand we- I understand with the UFC that um, at times, you know, they release, we get an explanation, sometimes we may not agree with it. And at times, it's justifiable. Like, you know, we talked about a couple of months ago about Anthony Romero, and I get that. That was that's kind of justified, even though I still think he deserves to be in the UFC. But I understand it; it makes sense. But this Saiku I mean, Casamano was not in the UFC. No explanation given. Two and one, and then he just like he didn't even belong there. I was like, why? Why is he fighting on the regional? Why is he not in the UFC? Like, I just, I, it it boggles my mind sometimes like some of the decisions that UFC does, you know, and I don't know, maybe we'll find out later. I mean, I hope somebody can get in touch with his team. I think he's switched management now, but hopefully he can get someone to get to the team and just be like, yeah, you know, what's going on? Why was he, why do you think he was released? Cause so, Kakamana Tom still doesn't know why he got released. So I hopefully he gets back into the UFC. Cause I think that dude is, that dude is legit. He's beaten Saeed, uh, Saeed's not making a matter on a fight just got caught. But I don't even do, because look Bonnie Lawrence is still in New York too. And like Saeed Coop is not. And Saeed Coop is the one
2: that beat Bonnie Lawrence. So I don't know Mike. You're just your thoughts. Have have heck of a morning. Thanks man. Um yes he Sayed Cub had a nice arm triangle finish at X MMA six bash at the beach. Uh, I believe that was a few hours away from me in good old Myrtle Beach. And yeah, he looked good. Rafael Costa is 14 and 3. Yeah, it's 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 a head scratcher. I don't I don't know why. I don't know why he got released. Not really sure. But you know, there's two sides to every story. He doesn't know why. UFC's not saying anything, so can't really comment much further on it because I have no idea what the hell is going on. But he's a solid hand, good fighter. Don't really understand it. Two and one in the UFC, loses one fight and gets gets the axe. Yeah. It's a weird one. Wish they kept him around. There were some fun fights for him, for sure. But it's unfortunate. It's one of those what-ifs as of right now. JD, hello. (laughs) Good, man.
0: How are you? Dude, I'm fantastic. Um, it's great to have you back in the captain seat. You killed it in BTL yesterday. Maybe consider taking a, another week off and, and then you'll be even doubly as wonderful. Uh, but anyway, and anyway, you're, you're a workaholic. I'm a workaholic. Anyway. Uh, so I don't actually have any, t- anything for you. I have two things for Jed. If he's listening right now, or if he's going to listen later, one, Jed, let's go to Fred's Meat and Bread at Krog and get some sandwiches. And two, Mike, I have the dark horse that Jed did not recruit for BKFC.
2: And who is that? Darren Elkins. Yeah, you know. Oh, man. Uh, Do you have anything else, J.D.? Because I'll respond to that.
0: No, no, no. That's all I got, man. That's all I got. Uh, Appreciate you, and have a wonderful day.
2: Thanks, man. Yeah, I I, kind of don't want to see that, but I have a feeling in the next couple of years we will see Darren Elkins in BKFC. Dude still wants to scrap. Dude still wants to scrap, and he's got that scar tissue all over his face, so he will create many images for them but yeah i kind of wish BKFC was where they're at like 4 years ago cuz Darren Elkins i think would be a, a really solid hand i think the sport's kind of made for him in a lot of respects but man he's he's got a lot of miles on him he's been in a lot of wars and There are certain times that Darren Elkins makes the walk to the cage, and I'm like, oh, boy, this is not going to go well. And sometimes he surprises us, and sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes it kind of goes the way we think it does. So, yeah, I I, honestly, I do see a world where that probably happens, but I don't know if it happens right now. And I'll let Jen know about uh, a potential sandwich meetup. Knuckles, hello. Hey, Mike.
4: uh, So I had a question about a fight this weekend that I don't understand how anybody's not talking about. Uh, Chaos Williams versus uh, Ribeiro. i don't remember his first name—but I mean, looking at that fight from the outside, how is that not just a guaranteed banger? And, and why are not why are people not talking about it more? You know what I mean? Like, I think it has potential for fight of the
3: night. Thanks.
2: Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, first of all, I'm I'm just happy to see Chaos Williams back inside that octagon. This will be his first fight in. Almost a, a year to the day. Fought Randy Brown at UFC 274, which is May 7th of 2022. Comes back May 6th, so maybe he's Mr. May. But I think most. I I, I think a lot of people aren't really talking about it because stylistically, this seems like the kind of fight that Chaos Williams is just. I know. I know Bedoya's record, Rolando Bedoya's record, is, is is very good. He's 14-1. and, 14 and one. He's got a lot of finishes. But if you go back and watch his fights, this guy gets hit a lot. He gets wobbled a lot in his fights. So stylistically, for a guy who, I know AK kind of hates to hear this, sort of has that dog in him, Um Cass Williams isn't wobble people. He just crushes people. And I feel like with Bedoya's style, I feel like we got to highlight a real knockout from Chaos Williams heading in our direction. Let me see what the betting lines are for that. I would guess Cass Williams is a pretty sizable favorite. Minus 200. Actually, I thought he'd be bigger than that. But I mean, Bedoya could surprise me. But I think a lot of people are looking at that fight. And if, if you're familiar with Bedoya and, and some of his fights in the regional scenes, the dude gets hit a lot. So maybe he can weather a storm and, and take chaos best shots, but there aren't a lot of welterweights who can. And I don't know if he's going to be able to, maybe, maybe he'll shock me. I don't know. But I feel like first round KO uh, is a very, very real possibility in that fight. But that's why these guys get in there and fight why they get in there and do the damn thing and that's why we watch them every weekend let's go to Ilya taporia champ 2023 what's up oh how you i'm doing? good how are you Good. um i was just wondering how we tackle the rose Namayunis problem so i know a lot of people are saying that she might just completely retire and not come back What do you think the UFC will give her once she does come back? Because I don't see them trying to give her a favorable matchup, especially after her last performance. So I was thinking maybe the UFC might try to pit her against someone like Amanda Lemos. So I was just wondering your thoughts on what uh, the UFC might do with her once she comes back.
0: Thank you, and I always enjoy your programs uh, on BTL Live.
2: Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, it was fun doing BTL yesterday. I was... All energetic and ready to go. Yeah, Rose is really interesting because, you know, we talked about this with John Jones yesterday on BTL. Like, it's really hard to go through John Jones's brain and try to understand what he's actually trying to say. And Rose is like the same, but in a different way. Because no matter what happens with Rose, it would not surprise me at all. Because if she just walked away and was like, I'm done with this, it wouldn't shock me. If the UFC gave her a title shot with Zhang Wei Lee, wouldn't surprise me. When I, t- I spoke to Rose last year, and she said she was thinking about moving up to 125. She wanted to lift a bunch of weights and do some grappling matches, which she did with Jillian Robertson. And she wanted to just put out a bunch of muscle and some size. She wanted to get on a, a big weightlifting regiment and possibly move up to 125, possibly to fight Valentina Shevchenko, but not Valentina is not the champion. So I don't know. I honestly don't know. If I had to guess, I don't think she's fighting Amanda Lemos. I think she would fight for the belt. If she were to come back to 115, she's got the two wins over Zhang Wei Li. We know how the UFC views her. They view her as a star. The fight to make, and it has been ever since she lost to Carla, if Jessica Andrade beats Yan Nan, just book that one. Just do that. Give Amanda Lemos the title shot. Who cares? Get her in there with John Wei Lee. Let's see what happens. And then... Let's do Andrade versus Rose 3. They both have a win. Andrade finished her in violent fashion when they first fought. Second fight, Rose won, but it was close. Andrade was coming back strong in round 3. Jed Bashu to this day still says he scored that fight a draw. So, I, I just feel like that's the fight to make. But... Again, when it comes to Rose, nothing's off the table. Nothing would surprise me, and we'll see what happens. But my, if I had to guess, I would favor her getting a title shot, but I honestly, you,
5: I have no idea. Uh, MMA Locker Room, hello. Good morning, America. How's everybody doing? What's up, man? Good, good, good. Hey, uh, just quick question. Uh, actually, a uh, quick uh, comments. uh I know somebody was asking why is Saeed uh, uh or Kakamadov not in the UFC no more. Uh, I have little quick uh, responses to that. Uh, UFC didn't like that he missed weight his first fight out. Um, and then after that, uh, he was actually going off on a, a lot of the UFC media uh, people that work for the company. Uh, with that being said, uh, after that, pretty much he was supposedly – Doing some violation things with COVID too, uh, that was going on. That w- that was all going on with his first fight in his first camp. Uh, supposedly, that's the only reason why that he's not in the UFC is because he pretty much uh, stepped on the wrong toes. But enough about that. Hear me out. What did Demetrius Johnson want a long time ago? A super fight. What do we? What can we almost have right here on the brinks of us? Cinco de Miles right here. If Henry Cejudo gets that championship belt tomorrow with Demetrius Johnson, AKA retiring from one championship, what would you think about a super fight taking place with Demetrius Johnson and Henry Cejudo to settle the score?
2: I mean, I would love to see it, but those two are like thick as thieves. Now they're tight. They train together. They do YouTube content together. They have a profound respect for one another. Uh, not that they didn't respect each other before, but uh, they seem to have a, a different kind of a relationship right now. I know DJ and Henry worked with each other in preparation for their fights this weekend. So, And plus, like if if he just retires, you think one's just going to be like, all right, dude, go to the UFC. I don't see it happening. I, I mean, look, if those two guys fought again, I'd watch the hell out of it. I'd watch DJ fight anybody. And if he fought Cejudo again with what they now know about him, about each other, be an interesting-ass fight. But don't see it happening. And even if DJ does retire, they're not going to be like, yeah, go back to the UFC. Yeah, retire and not fight for us after all the money we paid you. But then, sure, go to the UFC. And the UFC is probably like, we know how the UFC view Demetrius Johnson. Why would he even want to go back? He's making so much money with one. It's ridiculous. It's just insane. And if he does retire from one, one will keep paying him a bunch of money to be sort of a face of the company, be, you know, just kind of an advocate for the promotion, maybe do some commentary, things of that nature. So I don't think realistically that would ever happen. But I mean, if I'm DJ, I would never want to go back to the UFC, ever, especially with the deal he's got with one and all that. I mean, they treat him from all accounts. Extremely well. Extremely well. But I look, if we can make that fight happen, I would watch the hell out of it.
3: Michelle, hello. Hello. Um I basically got a question about that like, what's your opinion on um Drew Dober versus Matt Fovlova. Like, I believe that's like the banger of the weekend. Like I feel that they're both two guys that bring it and and they um both go for the kill basically. But I feel that maybe Grip his chin might be too much. Obviously, we know that he likes to take punches, but he's got the best chin in USC, in my opinion. And also, I believe if if Henry Sudo does lose the fight, do you think that will be at the end of his career or do you think he'll carry on his career? Thank you.
2: Yeah, so the second question we talked about a lot yesterday, I honestly have no clue. Um, He could go to 145 and maybe try to get the Max Holloway fight so we can still try to get that Volk fight but yeah it's a weird one it's a weird one if Henry loses this one and and I do think he's I am picking Aljamain Sterling to win that fight I j- I, I don't know what we're going to see from Henry I, I just think all the statistics are against him I think Aljo's kind of on one right now and the layoff concerns me Saudo at 36 concerns me even though he's a freak and he's an incredible athlete and you know one of the you know, one of the best credentialed fighters the UFC has ever had. It's Olympic gold medalist. The dude could probably still go. I'm sure his mind is just as sharp as ever when it comes to fights. But I just feel like it's Aljo's time. And I'm done picking against Aljo. I think I picked against him in his last three fights. I picked John to beat him both times. And I picked, I even picked TJ Dillashaw to beat him. And then I changed my mind like the second that fight was about to start. I was like, oh my God, Sterling is two weight classes above this guy. He's just going to kill him. And I'm just done picking against Aljo at this point. Um, Dober Vola is going to be fun. I, I'm i interested in the game plan of Matt Frivola. I'm very interested. Is he just going to go out there and just go brick for brick with Drew Dober? If he does that. I think it's going to be fun as hell. We're all going to cheer for it. And Frivola's stock will probably still rise because he just put himself out there for a fun-ass fight. It's probably not a fight he's going to win. But if Matt frivola decides, you know what? I'm going for the win here. I'm going to win this fight. And it's not saying that if he goes hammer and tongs with Drew, he's not going to try to win. I feel like that could probably go wrong for him for the reasons you just talked about, the durability of Drew Dover and how powerful he is and you kind of get lost in the man's eyes a little bit I I get that but if Matt Frivola decides to wrestle a little bit that fight's going to get extended and that's when things could get interesting I'm picking Drew Dober to win I think Frivola will just be like "Eh, it's a hometown fight a lot of the the New Jersey slash New York fans are going to be there cheering me on I think he's just going to get hyped up by that. And he's just going to go on and put on a war. And I think Dober's going to probably knock him out in the first round, but it's going to be fun as hell for as long as that fight lasts. Let's go to what I mean, just one of my favorite names on Twitter, mayonnaise face McFlan. It's been
4: a while, Mike, how you doing?
2: Good, man. How Good. are you?
4: Um, you have to excuse my ignorance. I'm a pandemic fan. So um, excuse that, but Crone Gracie versus Jordan this weekend. Uh, I'm looking at his, I read up on him a little bit, and it seems like this is going to be a first round sub. Jordan's been subbed before, Crone Gracie, without explanation. What are your thoughts on that? What am I looking forward to? Uh, and also, welcome back. Hope you had a good vacation.
2: Thanks, man. Thanks, I again, his layoff was longer than Henry's. And he's fighting another wily vet who has kind of seen it all at this point. Charles Jordan has been in there with, with everybody. He's been in there with Shane Burgos. He's been in there with just a ton of guys. Uh, I think it's pretty kind of simple of how we're going to look at this thing. Charles Jordan, I'm sure was just working on takedown defense. If this fight hits the floor, he's obviously in a lot of trouble. But Charles Jordan off of his back is not terrible. He's not a great defensive wrestler. So I'm sure that's one thing they're going to be working on and they have worked on for this camp. But if this thing stays on the feed, if Jordan can keep this fight standing, unless Chrome Gracie has turned into just an elite striker over this four year layoff, I just don't see a world where he can outstrike Charles Jordan. I just don't see it happening. So as simple as it gets, this fight goes to the ground. Chrome probably gets him out of there quick. And if jordan can keep this thing standing it's going to look similar to the cubs swanson fight i think where jordan's just going to piece him up go to the cards and win a decision so i think if we get a quick finish in this one it's going to be from crone but if crone can't get this fight to the mat then we could be in for 15 minutes of charles jordan just kicking him in the legs and kicking him in the body and punching him in the face crone's tough he's one of those one of those Diaz guys. So these guys are all very durable and they can take punishment because Cub landed some big shots on him in that fight and he was able to to make it through. So it's an interesting one. A lot of eyeballs are on that one. I mean, I can't believe Chrome Gracie's fighting again. Not saying that he couldn't. It's just been so long. It was just such a shocker to find out he was fighting on this card against Charles Jordan. It's crazy. Crazy to think about. But we're going to see it tomorrow.
1: and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources
4: cv hello yo mike happy friday you too um quick comment um for the watch party since you guys are in new york tomorrow and the fights are being held at new jersey uh, i don't know maybe you should wear a yankees hat as part of the theme absolutely not. oh okay
2: I'll be wearing a Red, red Sox hat on the plane, walking around New York like that. Okay,
4: I tried, it. I tried. Um, just two quick questions for me. Uh, one MMA-related and one uh, non-MMA-related. Um, yeah, first question. Uh, game three tonight, uh, Celtics-Sixers. Uh, what are the vibes check for you for that one? And uh, just uh, one random comment. Um, I actually think Jalen Brown is the top dog of the Celtics team. And um, I'd love to see him on another team, running like the team, obviously. And uh, second question, um, a little fun one. Um, out of these three fighters, uh, who do you see fighting at the end of the year? Um, you could pick one or you could just pick all three. Uh, Conor McGregor, uh, John Jones, or
2: Yuri Prohaska? Thanks. Hmm. Well, I'll start with the first question. I think the Celtics are... I think what we saw in game two is what we're going to see for a lot of this series. The Celtics just... I don't know, man. They they drive me nuts because they should have just dump trucked Atlanta. And the, the issue they have, and they had it throughout the regular season at times too, is they just – and I remember the, I talked to John Anik about this before we went live. Like the Celtics just – they play with their food a little bit too long. Like they're – sometimes they're just – they're not – Completely starving. So they just like take little pieces and just play around with it and slowly eat it. But what we need, what we saw in game two and in, in a lot of the wins they had in that Hawk series and throughout the, the regular season is that when they're like starving and they just want to house their opponent, they can. They can do that to anybody. It's just a matter of will they stick to the game plan and get it done? And Philly's a good team. Um, I actually think Philly has a better chance to beat the Celtics without Joel Embiid, which is kind of crazy to say. Cuz Embiid was the MVP and all that and he's a great player, but I actually think the Celtics have a better chance. I think the Sixers have a better chance of beating the Celtics without him. I think the Celtics frustrate him. They've sort of owned him. He hasn't been able to come in in big spots and the Celtics have just kind of beat their ass for the last few years. So, I think they'll they'll make a big I think they'll go out and win tonight. I think they'll go out and win and go up to one. And then they'll probably make us sweat it out when we're feeling real good about it. Cause that's what they like to do. But yeah. And Jim Brown's a really good player and I don't want to see him play for anybody else, but I think there's going to come a time where they're going to have to make a choice between Tatum and Brown. And that's just a day I'm not looking forward to. Of the fighters you mentioned, who will fight this year and who will not. <sighs> John Jones is going to fight this year. He's going to fight Stipe. I think that MSG fight's going to happen. Everyone seems in on it. It's just a matter of the date and all that. I think we're going to see that fight. Yuri, I'm not really sure about. God, I hope we see him fight this year. I'll stay positive. I think we're going to see all three of them fight this year. I think we'll see all three of them fight. I think Connor will fight Chandler at some point. I know he's not in the USADA pool just yet, but who cares? That's not going to matter. Data's already kind of like swept that all under the rug. Don't ask me about that. Ask Je- Jeff Davitsky. They could do, they've done favors before where guys could skip the USADA testing and get an exemption. Um, but I think that fight, pro- I- I'll say December, we get Connor versus Chandler. And Yuri's Yuri's a wild card, but I'm I, I feel like we're going to see Yuri too. We'll see that Yuri Jamal Hill fight. God, I hope that happens. Uh, we'll go to Eric, and then we'll go to Four Corner Sports. Eric, hey up. Mike, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Hey, heck of a more heck of a Friday to
6: you. So you might have said this at the you beginning, too. but was the press conference as cringy as you thought it was going to be? Because I know some of those clips were pretty tough. And then two kind of on to the next one questions. One is, if Sterling loses a tight decision to Cejudo, but definitive, and he decides, F this, I'm moving up, how many fights do you think he gets until he could get that title shot? And then two, kind of building on the Conor question, if he loses to Chandler, you know, we have to figure they probably run it with Nate. But if Conor beats Chandler at 170, do you think they'll just give him a title shot because it's Conor and they kind of want him to be the first three-belt
2: champion? That's all I got for today. Thanks, Mike. Uh, the Conor thing, I certainly wouldn't rule it out. Certainly wouldn't rule it out. Kind of depends on where everything's at at the time. But if we're at, a, let's just say we're at a position where we get Leon versus Colby in October in Abu Dhabi. Let's just say that's the case. We get that fight, and we have. And this is one of the reasons why I just I get why Gilbert Burns and Bilal Muhammad are fighting tomorrow, but it makes no sense at all considering that this title fight between Edwards and Colby isn't going to happen to like the fourth quarter of the year. Like what is the point of rushing this fight? It makes no sense. And this could be, and that topic right there with Connor could be an issue because if Connor fights before the end of the year and beats Michael Chandler, Bilal and Gilbert Burns are screwed. Like they are screwed. Whoever wins that fight, they know like they have to know that they're out. And Connor is in. Can you imagine a Connor Colby fight? Good God, is that going to be a rough build? But the casual audience will be tuning in like crazy. So, yeah, I think it's a very real possibility that if Connor wins, he gets a title shot, especially over Burns and Muhammad, which is a, which is why this fight makes no sense. Like the fight makes sense. This is the fight that should have happened. This is the fight that should have happened. Gilbert should have got right on the mic and called out Bilal instead of saying what he said after UFC 287. In the end, it worked out, but this is how it worked out. And now we're rushing this fight, and the winner is Dana could say 100% all he wants, but how many times has Dana said 100% and then something happens and that's not what we get? And Connor plays by a different set of rules. So if I'm Bilal and Gilbert, boy, oh, boy. You are just sitting on pins and needles, or you need to hope that Leon Colby happens and that whoever wins that fight can turn around real quick and and they can get that title shot before Connor fights or right around the same time frame. That's gonna be that's gonna be tough. If Sterling loses tomorrow, I think he goes right up to 145. But it all depends. If it's a definite like if Cejudo wins a decision and we're like, yeah, Cejudo won 49-46 or 48-47. Like, let's just say it's 2-2 and Cejudo gets a dominant fifth round and there's no controversy whatsoever. They ain't going to run that back. But if it's one where we're like, oh, Sterling won that fifth round and then they give it to Cejudo, kind of like the Demetrius Johnson fight, I think they'll probably give Aljo another shot. Potentially, but you still got Sean O'Malley there, so... Man, Aljo would be in a real tough spot if he loses. But I think he'll just bump up to 145. Um, how many fights is he going to need? He's going to need a few. The UFC is not going to do him any favors. They're going to chuck him right in there with, like, Ilya Teporia or movzaro Like, they're not going to do him any favors. I don't think. They're going to make him work for it. And... I would say he probably has to win two or three at least. He's going to have to beat one of those absolute savages. He's going to have to probably beat be a Max Holloway or an Arnold Allen, and then fight Holloway. Maybe I don't know. He's the road is not going to be a quick one. That is for sure. So, but I would say if Cerruto loses, if, if Sterling loses, he's going up to 145, and he's going to try to try to earn it that way. But. Boy, it's going to be a tough road if you lose this
7: fight. Four-corner sports. Hi, good alone. morning, Mike. Um, I, I do agree with you in the aspect of they're not going to do Aljamain any favors. I do believe that. Um, I, I think I saw it somewhere. that Aljamain says that he's if he beats Sahudo, moves up to 145, uh, fights Volkanovsky, and then, I guess, defends the belt maybe one or two more times. So, give or take, what, four more fights left in, in his career. Um, but... If he loses, I mean, I don't really see him sticking around at 145 much longer. Um 145, yeah. in general, just because, I mean, Elizapuri, I feel like would be a bad matchup. I would love to see him fight um, Brian Ortega. That's a dream fight of mine. Is seeing uh, Sterling versus Ortega. Um, I, d- did wa- I did. I did want to ask um, with this whole nonsense of um, them not having anything ready for like. Uh, Leon Edwards versus Colby Covington. You do realize that Edwards uh, versus Muhammad, the winner of that may not be fighting for if if uh, my math is correct. I mean, what's it called? What's it called? Leon wants to fight in October, right? The winner, if Leon defends the belt, give or take, maybe what's it called? The Muhammad or um, or Gilbert Burns may not be fighting, give or take, about close to a year. Until, until the next time we see them, and that's pretty ridiculous because um, I think that they should already have been dude, a title shot, especially Bilal Muhammad. I mean, Gilbert Burns, I mean, he's just fast-tracking himself because, what is it, three times he's, he has spoiled so far this year? And I believe that, this is just my opinion, I think Gilbert Burns, just because he's been the more active fighter, and I think that maybe the, with uh, Bilal Muhammad having to cut weight you know, especially right after Ramadan, I think that might have to take some type of an effect going into their game plan. But I, last thing I did want to ask you, what's up with Chrome Gray Street? Um, I did see embedded, looked like he got like really bothered, and I don't know if he gets easily flustered, but Henry Cejudo asked him, Where's Nate Diaz? and you know, he kind of, and Henry Cejudo just chuckled. Chrome just made it like very awkward in, the, in that, um, in that room when they were signing posters. So, is that how Crone Gracie is? Just because, I mean, if, if if that's how he is, I mean, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, Cub Swanson, you know, beat his ass, you know, and he, he was gone missing for about four years. So, is it possible that if Charles Jordine, you know, you know, beats up Crown uh, Gracie, he's in the goal. We're going to need like an APB for him again. All right. Thanks, Mike. Yeah. So, I mean,
2: the crown thing, just kind of his personality. First time in four, first fight in four years on a pay-per-view main card. Lot going on. I'm sure the last thing he wants to talk about is Nate Diaz. He's not long with words. Um, he did give us like a pretty good. He did give Germaine Cruz a, a pretty damn good interview where he talked about MMA should be like one round, like one big round, and that obviously made the rounds and everything. But if you watch his media day scrum like he it was less than three minutes. Like what else are you going to ask the guy at that point? And he's not a guy that's going to give you long articulate responses. You saw him at the press conference. He's like, yeah, whatever. That's just kind of how he is. Um, Maybe it's focus. I don't know. But I don't know where he goes with the loss here. Um, I'm kind of surprised they gave him a guy like Jordan instead of just kind of giving him a not a softball because this division is really deep, but somebody's probably less veteran savvy, if you will. But we'll see what happens. Maybe Crone is just on, a, has just evolved so much over the last four years that that we don't really understand what's happening. And that, yeah, you're right. And, and again, that's that's why this fight is stupid for this card, this Burns Muhammad fight. I. I wish we could go back in time. I wish I could become a matchmaker and be in that room when they were like, what are we going to do to co-main event here? I would have done the Paul Costa-Jan Bohovic fight in a heartbeat because there's like no – it's just a fun fight. And Paul Costa is going to draw attention to that fight and to that card and whatever weird shenanigans he's going to put together that fight week. And the fight doesn't really mean a whole hell of a lot. It's just two dudes fighting. And it's a good co-main event, whether it's three rounds or five rounds. Like Paul Costa in that spot with a guy like Jan Bohovic, a former champion, that's a fine co-main event. And it doesn't, it doesn't do anything to their respective divisions, really. Yeah, if Jan loses, gets him further back in the title discussion. But who is clamoring for Jan Bohovic to fight for the world title right now? Nobody really. Nobody really. He had the draw with Ankalaev, but. Almost everybody thought Ankoliyev won that fight. So it doesn't disrupt anything. This fight, just, I love the matchup. It's great. But why are we doing this now? Why is this fight happening now? I don't understand. We could have waited till July. This could have been in an international fight week fight. This could have been an August fight, September. It could have been the undercard. It could have been on the main card of whatever, whenever Leon and Colby fight each other. Why does it have to happen now? I, I don't get it. But it is happening. We have, I have to accept this. And it's going to be an interesting fight. And the more, I, the more I think about it and the more I weigh things down on both sides, I kind of feel like Bilal has a really good chance to win tomorrow. I think if there's a quick finish, it's going to come from Burns. But I think the longer that fight goes, Ramadan or not, Short training camp or not, Bilal is always working. Dude's always in shape. Dude is a freak with the cardio. I think Bilal is a really good style to beat Gilbert Burns, who, again, and maybe it was just because I went back and watched the Jorge Mazadal fight. I didn't love what I saw from Gilbert Burns in that fight. I didn't love it. I thought Masvidal was going to be much more competitive, but you could tell that Mazadal was just much slower just was not the same dude anymore. And Burns just looked kind of slow himself. Like, he should have went out and just murked Boz at all. Should have been much more devastating. I didn't love it. I didn't love it going back and watching it. So, yeah, I think I think Bilal is a real... I think Stylistic Bilal is a pretty good chance here. But I just... I just hate that this fight's happening so quickly. But it's going to be an interesting one tomorrow. Uh, I'll, I'll be excited once it happens, but I'll be a little salty too because we there's no need to rush this fight. There's no need to rush it. Uh, Brian Cashman, hello. What's
5: up, man? How are you? Good, how are you? Good,
4: long time.
2: It's been a long time. So I got two questions for you. What's, uh during the week... Leading up to, say, this pay-per-view, what's, like, your prep like to uh, get ready for BTL and all those shows you're hosting? Like, what's your weekly prep like? Are you going back and watching film and interviews and stuff like that?
0: And then my second question, I'm going back to Bare Knuckle. You got to make a main event, a co-main, and a low-key banger for Bare Knuckle using all UFC fighters.
3: Let's hear it. Thank you.
2: A main, a co-main, in a low-key banger using UFC fighters. Jesus Christ. Um, well, i answer the first question first as I delay figuring out this BKFC thing. Um, look, you just kind of see what's in the news and you just go with it. Um, there's... I do probably more prep work for, like, preview shows and in, in, in the watch party and stuff because I kind of want to know what I'm talking about. Uh, But the thing about BTL is I just need to set up the dudes that are on the show. That's up to them to do their thing. Sure. Can I give an opinion here and there? Sure. But for the most part, I'm just driving the train and the conductors are, and the the guys, the passengers, they're out there enjoying the ride. I'm working. Those guys are doing their thing. Um, So it's just setting them up to do whatever they have to do. So I just kind of figure out like what's been the hot topics and, it just kind of go and kind of know where I want to start. And then their answers sort of dictate where, where things go from there. So um, leading up to pay-per-views and most cards, I just go back and watch old fights. Uh, if there's interesting matchups and I'm not really familiar with the fighters, I'll go back and try to find old film and old fights, like kind of like the, the fight we were talking about with Rolando Bedoya, you know, I'm like, Oh, this guy's got a good record. He's fighting chaos. Williams in his debut. Maybe he's, like a super duper good fighter and i just didn't know who he was uh and then you go watch and he's he's solid but you kind of pick up tendencies this dude gets hit an awful lot and gets wobbled in a lot of his fights so can that chin withhold the power of chaos williams so it's different things like that um as far as the bkfc things connor and Justin gaethje is 100 the co- is 100 the main event um, if we're not going to get in the UFC, give it to us in a BKFC circus. I am down for that. Co-main. Hmm. Derek Lewis. I mean, give me Lewis. I mean, this is cheating because Ngannou is not in the UFC, but give me Lewis and Ngannou too with where they're at right now. So let them go in there and just throw hammers at each other. There's no getting away. That ain't going to be a boring fight there. Low-key banger. Sheesh. You know what? I'm going to steal a fight from UFC 289. Give me Nate Landwehr versus Danny Gay. Low-key banger. Because I feel like Ige would do really well in, in the BKFC world as well. And we know Nate Landwehr would probably be a star there. So give me that fight off the top of my head. I think that's a pretty damn good card right there. Blake, hello. Hey, Mike. How's it going? Um, I'm just thinking over
7: over here, and I'm, I'm wondering why the UFC didn't give Evloev a better fighter for i for his match, match by nose short notice. But why couldn't they have bumped up, you know, Jordain or somebody else for that it seems like it's kind of a waste of a fight i know it'll get his name out there more but as he's gonna blow over this guy in in no time um and second question is where do you how do you think volk would face up against the top of the lightweight division like what do you think he would how do you think his fights against with T or poirier or oliveira would go thank you
2: hmm good question well the first one is i mean Charles Jourdain is, I, I just don't see what Charles, I mean, th- there's rankings and stuff, but I don't see what Charles really gains from fighting Mobzarov loyev on five days notice when he's on a main card. And the reason he's on a main card is because he's fighting Crone Gracie. And it's a fight that he probably feels, you, you can see it in his face at the presser, he feels like he's just going to go in there and beat the hell out of Crone Gracie. He's feeling pretty good about it. Uh, he's been working probably meticulous on fighting a guy with Crone style. So to switch it up with a well-rounded monster like Mavzar of Loyev, I don't think it really does a whole lot for him, honestly. At this point in his career and where, where he's at and what his last couple of fights have been like. And, I mean, I'm surprised anybody stepped up to fight Mavzar on short notice. But he's going to go in there and showcase his talents. He's going to get a paycheck and good on him. And then the UFC looks looks fondly upon guys like that who are just like, screw it, I'll fight whoever you want to give me. And I did. Mobzar hasn't fought in a while. Let me just look back when he's actually fought. It's been, has it been over a year? Almost a year. June. June 4th was the Dan Ige fight. He's supposed to fight Bryce Mitchell November 5th. That was going to be a main event. You're supposed to fight Bryce Mitchell again on this card. Mitchell pulled out. Uh, and now he's just going to fight. It's been 10 months since the dude's fought. So, and before that, it was a year. It was just about a year to the day. So, he's just got to get reps, man. Like, that that's the thing when when you're trying to to climb the ranks. You got to get out there and fight. You got to get out there and fight. So, when... That's what I was saying before Shafkov fought Jeff Neal. When he was on that fight night card... and. I think it was January and then they were going to put him, and they rebooked that for March. Like just give Shafkat anybody like whoever wants to step up and take that fight. Like, let's go. And he just wrecks somebody. And then he could still fight in March and fight Jeff Neal goes out and gets a finish. Like how much, I mean, we're very high on Shafkat anyways, but the casual audience is going to know him a lot more. And that's the thing with Mavzar. He's got to fight. And I think he knows that he's just got to get out there and, and put in and just get a performance in knock some of that rust off. I mean, this will be his third... I mean, since he was very active early, but let me look at this. No, it really hasn't been incredibly active. 2019, two fights. 2021 fight. 2021... uh, Two fights in 2021. Nick Lentz... And Hakeem Dawadu, then a year away to fight Danny Gay, and now almost another year away for this fight. So, yeah, I just think at that point, it's like, oh, my God. Like, I just got to get in there and fight somebody. So, and I think he's just going to, uh, I think he's going to do work and have a great performance, and people will be like, damn, this guy's really good. Sometimes the opponent doesn't matter. You just got to get in there and knock some of that rust off. And I would have loved to see Mavzar avoid Bryce Mitchell because I think Mavzar would have won that fight pretty convincingly. So I don't know if they're going to go back to that well or not. Uh, I spoke to Bryce Mitchell's manager the day we found out that fight fell off and said it's just an injury that he's been dealing with for a while and he's going to rehab it for a little bit. It's going to take some time off. And sometime early summer, they expect Bryce to be back. So I don't know if they'll go that route or not, but... They could. Willie, hello. Willie, do we have you? You're muted right now. Sorry about that. There we go. Um, so UFC 289 is being shaken up quite
1: a bit with Pena breaking her ribs and the Steven Wonderboy Thompson fight getting scrapped. What would you uh, put as the featured fight since uh, Aldana stepped in as the
2: main event? A featured fight let me pull up the card um so first of all yeah so pain is off the card now we get Aldana. it's kind of the fight everybody wanted anyways uh i think eg Landwehr is probably the right choice that fight's gonna rule very excited about that i, I think emo curtis probably gets on the main card what do they open it with i don't know I Lucas Almeida is a fun-ass fight. Maybe a third Jasmine, Jazz and Miranda Maverick in there. I don't know. But I think Ige Landwehr is a good featured fight. Um, folks, I've been telling you this for since April, the show after April 1st. Wonderboy versus Pereira was never done. It was never done. Was it a, were both guys approached about possibly fighting on that date? And they said, yes, Yeah, Sure. But that fight was never done. So we never really lost it because we never really had it. Um, I know reports would say otherwise, but I tell you this all the time. The golden rule, the golden rule of news when it comes to fights, if it's not on our website, and ain't real. It ain't real. There's a reason why we never reported that fight for that card. Because from all indications, there was a very good chance that fight was not happening June 10th. And sure enough, we didn't report it. And there's a reason why. So to me, that fight was never a part of that card. That fight was never a part of it. Until the UFC officially announced it and said, hey, this fight's happening. Uh, And they never did that. They never did that. I don't even know if I made the website. I know it was on ESPN fight center. And then like some days you look at it and it would be on. And some days you look at it and it would be, it would be off. I had people in the people in the industry that I respect a lot, reaching out to me. Oh, do you know what happened with this? And I was like, it's not a thing. It's not, it's not done. It hasn't been done. So when I looked at this card, I never actually considered that fight to be a part of it until the UFC actually put out a poster and a graphic. And it was a real thing. So, Um, it just never was a thing. The card is not great. I mean, yeah, we get a title fight. Oliver Darius, is a great fight. And then we get Ige Landwehr. That's a great fight. I like the Imovov-Curtis fight a lot. Uh, The rest of the card is just kind of, uh, hey, Canada, we're coming back. There you go. That's kind of where we're at. So, it's just kind of they, they can't all be uh, they can't all be winners, if you will. And this one is, uh, yeah, it's it's a card, as as AK likes to say. And the landscapers are here. Wouldn't what, what a surprise! It's a Friday, and I'm doing a show, so now they're here. What's up, Abdullah? Yeah, hi. You? So um, I just got a question. Um, with uh,
6: two ninety, are we going to get a? official announcement with alexander volk versus um yaya rodriguez that's all i have thanks for um
2: i'd be i don't know i'd be pretty surprised if we don't get one tomorrow um but all indications that's the fight we're gonna get in the main event spot i don't know if they're trying to work on something else but it kind of seems like that's the direction we're going here. And with the way the rest of the card is sort of shaped up, like that's not a bad one-two punch right there with Volk Yair. I think, honestly, especially at 145, um, this is the most interesting fight for Volkanovski in the division. Stylistically, Yair is, is, a, is a tough test for him. So I know Jed Mishu has already said he's picking Yair to win that fight. Uh, someone asked earlier about how Volk stacks up with the rest of 155. I think he stacks up pretty well. I think he stacks up pretty well against the Ganchis and the Poiriers and all those guys. Uh, I mean, you saw how he stacked up well against Islam Makachev, and I feel like Islam is a nightmare for Ganchi and Poirier and, and all those guys. I could be wrong because we haven't seen Makachev fight either of those guys, but I think Volk would, would hang with all of them just like he hung with Makachev but I mean even in the interview I had with John Anik he, he mentioned the Volk Yair fight so but but all accounts that's that's going to be a thing so I, I would be stunned if they don't announce it tomorrow like officially they gotta start putting the rockets to that car because
3: 289 is a tough hang Ani hello um I'm sorry if it's
0: too noisy, is it noisy? It's a
2: little noisy, but uh, go ahead. Okay, it's a quick question. You know, it's just a different look
0: at a cliche question. Everybody says, give me the perfect fighter to beat John Jones, but that's not what I'm after. My question is, where do you think John Jones can be defeated? Is it striking? Is it grappling? Or is it mentally? Because we've seen mixed martial artists lose in all of these three uh, disciplines, if you will. Uh, the mental health thing, I think it's uh, Amanda Lewis. She just meant So I'm working out, sorry. So what do you think? And. Uh, Everybody keeps asking you and make questions, but no one asks you. How was your day, Mike? Are you doing all right?
2: Uh, thank you, sir. Yes, I am having a great day. Uh, woke up nice and early, got my kid ready for school, took him to school, got a workout in, came home, got ready, hopped on the computer, having a great day. Uh, now this... Well, we'll have the preview show in about an hour and um, then the stress kind of kicks in. Cause I got to pack and get ready for the trip to New York. And then the stress of like getting enough sleep and waking up at three 30 in the morning to drive to the airport for the early flight. So, but, but I'm having a great day besides that. Um, the Jones question. That's tough, man. I actually like, I get where John's kind of coming from where it's just like the window I have is a short one because a lot of what led to Jones is, I'm not going to say downfall because he won all those fights, but which led to some of these fights not being competitive. I believe him when he says he didn't feel challenged in a lot of respects. And at the same token, and we talk about this on our website all the time, it is so damn hard to win a UFC title and it's, even harder to defend it over and over again because you got by the time like when john jones was the light heavyweight champion dominic reyes wasn't even in the ufc but you know that this dude was studying john jones he was studying him watching fights preparing for one day i'm gonna get in there with this guy and that's what happens these guys just come in They've been preparing to fight these champions who have been long reigning for a long time. By the time they finally get there, it's like they know them like the back of their hand. John having the long layoff fighting Cyril Gone, there were a million questions, but John was I don't know if I've ever seen John so confident heading into a fight. And that made me confident. So I don't know. It's tough. I would say a guy with great takedown defense, uh, someone who can get off his back and then strike. I don't know. I don't know if there's like a current heavyweight out there. Like I know a lot of people are like, Oh, he's ducking Sergey Pavlovich. I would favor John Jones. I would, I wouldn't even hesitate to pick John Jones in that fight. And there's no disrespect to Sergei Pavlovich. I just feel like John, I just feel like it's a very winnable fight for John. I think John would not mess around with Sergei. I think you take him right down, choke him. Cause that's what John does. Curtis blades would have been an interesting one, but I don't know. But he lost. He lost to Sergey. So I just don't know if there's a current. Maybe maybe Parker Porter is the uh, is the kryptonite. He already fought John once. Maybe we get Parker Porter back in there. We get the rematch that we've all been clamoring for for the last fifteen years. But I don't know. I don't know if there's a current heavyweight who could beat him right now. Maybe Tommy Aspinall. But I just don't know. John ever takes that fight or cares. Just like, I don't think he cares about the Pavlovich fight. Think you want Stipe? The dude at this point in his career, just wants to make a bag. He wants to be challenged. He wants to build his legacy and he wants to make a bag of money. So that's why he said, if Francis comes back, there you go. I'll fight that dude. He would fight a Brock Lesnar. If Brock ever came back, John's talked about that before. I just don't think he's fighting all these other guys. I don't think he's going to fight Pavlich. I don't think he's going to fight Aspinall. I don't know if anybody at heavyweight outside of Stipe really gets him excited. I and mean, what else does the guy have to do at this point as far as his career goes? I don't know. That's a tough question. Uh, Dylan, hello. And then we'll go to uh, Maidman before we get out of here. What's up, Dylan? Hey, Mike, can you hear me?
6: Yes, sir. Awesome. It's my first time calling in. Um... Hey, I'm just kind of curious. You you said you didn't really know where Crone would go with a loss. Where do you think he would go with like a big win, like a first round finish or something? Like, do you think he would potentially get fast tracked? Or, and I absolutely love on uh, the embedded episode, him big leaguing Cehudo. That guy is so annoying. (laughs) But uh, also, I had one other question too. Um. Let's say Oliveira beats Darius in their fight with a finish, too. Do you really think he'd be up for a title shot, or do you think you have to beat somebody like Poirier? Because, man, I have no appetite to see Charles Oliveira go in there and just get – just thrown around by Islam again. Thanks, Mike. Have a good weekend.
2: So, if Crone wins – uh I don't know. I don't know how you fast track him. Hello, landscapers. I don't know. Maybe give him like a Billy Q or something like that. I don't know. I don't know like how fast you want to push him. Cause you're kind of reintroducing him to the, to the viewership too. And with where the sport is right now and the pandemic and everything, like, there are a lot of people who have, there are a lot of fans who have no idea who Crone Gracie is. Never heard of him. They're like, why is this Crone Gracie guy in the main car? They have no idea who he is because they came in during the fans. These fans came in during the pandemic. There was no other sports on. They got into MMA. They loved it. They have no idea who this guy is. So part of it is just kind of like reintroducing him to the peeps. So maybe like a Damon Jackson, that'd be a fun fight. I think it's just, Jordan, I think I have Jordan at like number 30, like 28 to 30 in my personal rankings. So maybe like an Alex Caceres, that's a tough fight too. I don't know. I don't know how how far you push him if we're being honest. Yeah, that's that's an interesting fight. Man, I forget your other question. I think it was a good one too. But like I typically do, I will probably remember as I'm talking about something else. If you want to come back and ask, re-ask that question, I would love to answer it. Not you. There you go. All right. Dylan, fill me in. Save me. Oh, uh, it was uh, – can you hear me? Yeah, I got I was you. just
6: asking, like, uh, if Oliveira does end up beating uh, – can uh, okay. okay. you remember now? Yeah, right, I cool got man. you. I got you.
2: I should have known because we've talked about this. Um, if Olivera wins, he, Dustin Poirier is getting the title shot. 100%. That's what's going to happen. They're going to give it to Dustin. I mean, Benil Darius said it throughout all of his interviews that, like, once Olivera was unable to compete tomorrow, he was like, well, just give me the title shot. And the UFC told him Dustin Poirier is the number one contender. So I, Dustin gets it. It's going to be Benil or Dustin. Those are the two guys doesn't seem like Volk is all that interested in fighting Islam right now. Uh, I know Ali's done some interviews saying that that fight does nothing for, for Islam. I totally disagree with that. Uh, that fight does not do nothing for Islam because a lot of people felt like he didn't win that fight. And there are a lot of people who still feel that, that Volkanovsky is the best fighter on the planet, despite losing to Makachev. So I think he has a lot to gain from that fight. Do I want to see that fight right now? No, I don't want to see that fight right now. But if Makachev goes out there and like beats Dariush and beats Poirier and maybe one more guy and Volk beats Yair and maybe an Iliad to Poirier or somebody else and then you know actually cleans out the division, then I would love to see that fight again. The next, you know, give it to me next year. End of next year. If both those guys continue to win, do it again. But I don't agree at all that the fight does nothing for Islam Makachev, that he gains nothing from it, uh, because there's still doubt. There's a lot of doubt when it comes to that fight. So, but to answer your question, Darius wins, he gets it. If he doesn't, it's not going to be Olivera. It's going to be Dustin Poirier. I feel pretty confident in that. All right. Well, thank you all very much uh, to almost all of the callers. So appreciate almost all of you. Um, preview show, 1 p.m. Eastern, YouTube channel. Join us. We will get you ready for UFC 288. It'll be myself, AK, Jose Youngs, getting you ready for all the fun. And then we'll have, obviously, some video footage uh, of the ceremonial weigh-ins. Get to see all the face-offs and all that good stuff. I believe there is a... A thirtieth anniversary panel today. I believe there is a, I believe there's a UFC 289 press conference it's supposed to be Amanda Nunes and Juliana Pena, but I don't know if that's still happening. Maybe Irene Aldana made the trip, and she'll be there for the presser. And then uh, tomorrow we're getting after it. Uh, I'll be off to New York. Flights at 6 a.m. Get to New York around 8:30, uh, and then we'll have the People's pre-fight show. 45 minutes before the first fight begins. And then the watch party, 9.45 p.m. Eastern, myself, GC, Frank will be there. Jed Mishu is going to join us for the co-main event between Bilal Muhammad and Gilbert Burns. I believe that's the chat GPT bet for that card. And then as of right now, and I've not been told that this will not be the case, Rob Font will join us for the main event between Aljamain Sterling and Henry Cejudo. So it should be a lot of fun. We'll have trivia. We'll have games. I'm sure we'll be ripping some packs. Uh, GC will probably kick my ass in UFC 4 at some point, like he typically does. Uh, but it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good time. And I am excited and ready to go. So thank you all very much. Back here on Tuesday, 10 a.m. Eastern, to recap all of the craziness of this weekend. So enjoy it, everybody. We'll see you for the preview show. And if we don't, We'll see you tomorrow for the watch party. Have a heck of a morning, everybody.